Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the Academy Award winning for Best Picture, Return of the King. I don't like that. One minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. We didn't introduce ourselves yesterday. Yeah, it's fine. I don't remember. Did you Did you not? No. Oops. <laughs> I just like led right into it. Did we and not? And then I backtracked and introduced Raiden and then we kept going. Oh. Well, it's they, fine. They, they freaking know who we are. <laughs> I would hope so. Right. This is this is minute seven of this movie. So yeah. this is so this <laughs> is episode four hundred and fifty-two of our podcast. Yeah, they know who we are. Two hundred and five <laughs> fellowship, two hundred and twenty-two towers. Dang, I didn't make a four twenty joke. I'm I'm sad. Oh, anyway, it would have been it would have so... been at minute two fifteen of two towers. Right now, way before that. Um, so joining us again today, we have our friend Raiden. Hello, Raiden. How are Hello. You? <laughs> I'm being judged by a cat. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Always. I mean, my cat is sleeping, but I'm sure he's judging me. Right. <laughs> Sloppy podcasting. Um, and today we're going to be talking about Minute 7, which starts with Gollum saying, uh, of the wind, whereas he's referring to the softness of said wind, and ends with um, Frodo kind of contemplating the ring in his fingers um, as he's sitting up awake while Sam is sleeping. I'm bad at math. This is episode 432 of our podcast, not yeah, 52. Okay. I'm bad at math. It's fine. It's over 400. Yes. <laughs> There's been a lot of minutes, you guys. <laughs> yes. Entirely too many minutes. <laughs> what? Are we? Are you not entertained? I, there's another movie's by me. That's podcast a different movie. Yeah. I think I don't know. I don't know if anyone's got. Anyway, we got this movie. We got this movie for the next like year and a half. Um, right. so I made a mistake, and the digital eye effect is in this minute. Um, but the the gross fish thing was definitely last minute. Yeah, the weird stretchy fish made of gummy. Mm-hmm. Gummy fish. Big old gummy fish. Someone call trolley. So, Norman, you said you had a note that you forgot literally as soon as I stopped recording. <laughs> yeah, so, so just like last week, where there's a shot straight out of the prologue, yesterday, there is a shot of Andy Circus opening his hand with the ring in his palm. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same shot from the prologue, but I think it I, I think it is the, the same shot, but it's uh, zoomed out compared to the what they use in the prologue. Like, they zoomed in the shot mm-hmm. and cropped around it. But I think it is the same piece of film that they use. It looks it looks familiar. It's. I went and watched the prologue, and I was like, oh, it's, I guess it's not the same shot. But then watching Minute 6 again, I was like, actually, it might be. It's just not edited the same. Mm-hmm. But the shot of the hand taking the ring out of the water is the same. Right. It's possible that the hand that they use in the prologue is somebody else's. It's it's really hard to tell. And it's hard to get a side-by-side view of them. Right. It's annoying. I mean, I could use the laptop and the and the, the Blu-ray player and like 
watched the prologue and the the prologue of this movie like side by side. Also, ain't nobody got time. For all that. of these like prologue scenes are all about the same length of time between the three movies. Ooh. They're between like six and seven minutes. Isn't the prologue for Fellowship longer though? Isn't it like ten? It's like seven, I think. Seven, seven and a half, maybe. Mm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. I found it on YouTube, but it was cut into two parts. Ah. So that someone didn't get a copyright claim, I guess. Right? But there's still like four minutes of footage all in a row. But it's been up for years, so I guess it's fine. <laughs> Either that or they just don't really care about, uh, it's the prologue. Or they didn't know about it, and then they're going to listen to this podcast. They're going to be, there's a what now? And they're going to get a <laughs> takedown notice, and it's all going to be your fault. Uh, I mean, I guess that's fine. If this... you're listening to this podcast, hypothetical WB executive, please hire me. Um... <laughs> I'll I'll do whatever. It's fine. Right. I'll buy your coffee. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to mention that real quick because I think it's the reusing of shots in movies is something that I tend to kind of pick up on. I'm like, wait a second. You already showed me this. How dare you? Meanwhile, save I'm like, time. I have no memory of this place. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes when I'm watching like a cartoon, just across one season. You can say season, anime, Norman. It's no, fine. I, I mean, like this is a judgment. No, no, no. Zone. <laughs> this is. I mean, this is, is particularly it? common in Saturday morning American <laughs> cartoons, where they use literally the same background for like every scene. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know the Scooby Doo hallway running gag, where they go mm -hmm. back and forth through the same hallway. Mm -hmm. But all they're doing is just flipping the same cell of animation. Yeah, so I mean that sort of thing. Sometimes it's a cost saving measure. Sometimes it's because it's art, and they're trying to make a point. Did you get the point? Did you? Did you? No. I, I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I suspect here it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. So something that I think is kind of interesting uh, about this movie from a visual sense and like kind of a theming sense is the ring starts this movie in water and ends this movie in fire Ooh, the song of water and cool. fire <laughs> like i i just think it's kind of it's just a little thing but i think that's kind of cool because they made a conscious decision to uh use those shots of the ring from the prologue for this because they wanted to bookend this movie as showing you both the beginning and the ending of The Ring as it pertains to The this Hobbit. story, yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. We get to see both ends of that. And I think it's it's kind of cool to me that it spends the, the first part in one element and the second part in another. One of the classical elements, not like periodic table of... Right. No, I, I mean, it. you know, whatever. Sulfur. Volcanoes. It's fine. <laughs> But yeah, the, the CG blending of the the practical face into the golem face, it I think it almost works. It's close, but there's this there's a jarring moment right when it fully shifts. Mm -hmm. It's just like whoa, wait a second. But I don't think years ago when I saw this movie that I ever really noticed that. I really don't. I I don't. I don't think I was ever like, you know, that Gollum transition didn't look very good. <laughs> because it's still, Gollum does just kind of look like Andy Serkis. Well, I mean, it's kind of our job to, like, nitpick this movie to death, so. Right. 
I mean, it's not making me hate them, so. Right. This is still my favorite. It's just something to talk about. Yeah. His nose looks a bit small. That's like one of the things when I look at it. He looks a bit small and he looks a bit more like a monkey just at the end of that transition. Looks like a bit chimpish. Mm. Just a little. It's foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Nice. Nice. Wow. Boom. Boom. Full circle. Way to tell the future, (laughs) Weta animators. Good job. (laughs) Someone should ask you about their winning numbers for the Megabucks, <laughs> I guess. But only, if, but they only get it if you like draw them a picture of a winning ticket. That's how you tell the future. Uh, it's just their animation. We gotta, they gotta animate the the Powerballs coming into into view. You're really committing to this joke, aren't you? Yes, always. <laughs> you gotta commit 100. percent But uh, then we go from the shot of Gollum, uh, which, by the way, it's. There's the, it's really sad, this idea that that's the last time that Gollum sees the sun. When he just crawls into his cave to die? Yeah, when he just crawls into the cave. Like, that's... He looks up at the sun for one last time, and then he crawls into the Misty Mountains. Mm. And he doesn't come out for 500 years. I don't know that... He must, he must like, get out sometimes. He doesn't. Like, that's part of the deal, is he... The influence of the ring has made him hate the light. Yeah. And him without it is more able to travel in the daylight. Yeah, that's true. Because I was like, wait, Gollum's been outside this whole movie. Right, but he's not holding the ring anymore. Yeah. So some of the ring's influence is loosened, which is why Smeagol can even come out in the first place. But that's not happening to Frodo. Like, Frodo's interaction with the ring is similar, but not exactly the same. Well, he hasn't gotten there yet. He also didn't choke anybody to death over the ring yet. That's true. He tried. He did try. He came close. Him and him and Sam had that tussle. Yeah. And that's just that's just a the the shadow of what will come. Speaking of Frodo and Sam. Speaking of Frodo and Sam, they uh, they wake up in a big cement culvert, which apparently came from uh, from Kirith Ungle. Is what that was originally designed for. Well, Sam's not awake yet. Sam's sleeping peacefully. But uh, this this culvert was designed for Kirith Ungol, and it matches that architecture. And then they just, they used it. I gotta pay attention, because they say that they used it for a bunch of random outdoor shots. It's just, like, there in stuff, because they didn't know what they wanted to use for stuff in the wilderness all the time. But I guess they used this culvert a handful of times. So I should keep an eye out for it. Mm. Recycling. It's environmentally right. conscious. This, this big culvert. They're dragging it around on a truck. And the day that they were filming this on location at uh, Mount Ruapehu, it snowed and it was late summer. Oh my god. And apparently it was just like a freak inc- storm. incredibly unseasonably cold and it snowed. And they they filmed on location there for this scene in the year 2000. And then all the stuff where you can't see the outside is on a studio using, is on a set for pickups in 2004, 2003, 2003, not 2004, right? This movie came out. Yeah, it came out Christmas 2003. Yeah. Yeah, this was in like the early part of 2003 doing pickups for this movie. The shooting schedule for this movie, for this trilogy, just fascinates me. Like just how it's doing pickups. So out of sequence which i 100 percent understand why that happens but just being able to get your headspace into 
a scene that you haven't touched for three years. It's fascinating. Right? Like it's, some of this stuff was filmed in 99. Wow. They should have been wearing fanny packs. <laughs> Callback. Like some of this, some of the stuff across these movies is filmed in like 99. Also, I think, I, I think Fran directed this scene in the culvert too. Uh, Frodo talks about Fran admonishing him for eating too much Lumbus during scenes. Frodo? Frodo? Yeah. Frodo talks about Fran? Yeah. Elijah talks about Fran <laughs> admonishing him for eating, taking two big bites of Lumbus when he's doing scenes and he's going to talk with it in his mm-hmm. mouth. That's funny. Also, Elijah Wood's fingernails are just incredibly short. Yeah. It's because he bites them. They they are almost frighteningly short. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like Gollum's gross fingernails with like all the dirt all up in there. Yeah. Maybe Sam is sleeping and Frodo is just playing with the ring awake haunted by he's the like ring. holding his neck where the the chain of the ring sits i noticed that we can see the mithril shirt peeking out um when he's sitting which is a nice um reminder that he still has that for when he doesn't have it anymore mm-hmm. in the middle of this movie yeah because we don't really explicitly we we don't see it a whole lot in this in movie two towers we, yeah, we don't see it a whole lot in two towers and then we get like two scenes where it's important in this movie. Mm. But yeah, we don't really we don't really see it in two towers at all. Yeah. To the point where I'm just like is he even wearing it underneath his outfit? But Most of the time, he probably actually isn't. Right? But I like that there's like an effort to like remind the audience of yeah. that he, this is a thing that he's supposed to have. Um and I also liked the um, the use of the ring theme again, even though it's only been like, what, six minutes since we've heard it last? Yeah. It's important, though. And we go from a scene in which we saw Gollum holding the ring and staring at it mm-hmm. to Frodo doing the same thing. And like we see his hand open with the ring in it, like in this shot, the same way we saw with Gollum a little while, just a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. or literally last minute. Like those those two shots are almost exactly a minute apart, which is pretty cool. I also liked how the um, the Gollum narration ends with him saying, "My precious." Yeah. Because of course, why wouldn't it? I also really appreciate the cast commentary of this this movie because Andy Serkis does some of the commentary in the Gollum and Smeagol voice. Oh, bless! Like a lot more than he did. Like he did it a couple times, I think, in the Two Towers commentary in little short bursts. Mm-hmm. But like he introduces himself as Gollum and like as Smeagol in this cast commentary. <laughs> like he he does. I'm Andy Serkis and I'm Gollum and I'm Smeagol. Like he does in the cast commentary. That's funny. like in does um does Gollum come down over the top of the culvert in this minute? No. No, that's next minute. He, like, wakes them up in next minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Andy Circus is just like, oh, and there I am, but in the Gollum voice. <laughs> the star of the movie. <laughs> Which is pretty great. But yeah, other than being like, oh, hey, they shot on location in 2000, and then they did pickups three years later. I don't have a whole lot of notes for, for the little back half of this. Did we want to talk about how Sean Astin also deserved an Oscar for this movie? No, let's uh, <laughs> let's save that for next minute when he's a- when he's okay. actually awake. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, right? When he's awake to speak for himself. That's right. So we are from the website duelinggenre.com. Um, you can check out Raiden on um, that book was bonkers. Yep, a podcast about bonkers books. Um, <laughs> um, on duelinggenre.com, you can also find. As Norman so handily pointed out, 
yesterday because he was reading the wrong line of our script. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. There's uh, a a handful, well, not a hand, yeah, a handful, a handful of audio dramas such as Geek by Night, Immunities. Um, you can also check out the Protagonist podcast, which as of this recording, I recently guessed it on i'm not sure what their release schedule is but we talked about um one of my favorite edgar Allan poe short stories um so that was a lot of fun in a change of pace from this sort of thing <laughs> um and the doctor's companion which is the podcast i've been on the longest in which me and nick and scott talk about every episode of doctor who one doctor at a time um so if you're into that check those out if you haven't already um, thank you again for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 8. Bye. Bye. Bye.